Hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Get Better Basketball podcast. Today we're having a discussion with Kane Nuttall, who is a coach for North Harbour Basketball, as well as studying a bachelor's degree in sport and recreation at AUT. In today's episode, we discuss Kane's journey as a coach, the positives and negatives of coaching at a young age, and Kane shares with us his ultimate why, why he coaches, and how he developed his passion for coaching. Thank you for taking your time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope you gain a lot of value out of it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, welcome to what is, I forget what episode, uh, every single time I get it wrong. <laughs> um, today we've got Kane on. So Kane, if you would like to introduce yourself. Um, hi, I'm Kane. I work at North Harbour Basketball and I've been coaching for about four years now. And I'm about 19 years old and I love what I do and I have a passion for what I do. What do you mean you're about 19? <laughs> Are you 19 or? <laughs> nah, I'm, <playing. laughs> I'm not. I'm 19. I'm 19. 19 okay so you how old were you when you because today we want to talk about um young coaching and and coaching when you are young because traditionally when we think of coaching we tend to think of the the guy who's experienced i say in air quotes you know you know oftentimes we assume that age equals experience Um, we'll talk about young coaching because both kane and i are young coaches so how did you get started in coaching what was your start um, I started in year 10 coaching at Milford Primary School and my, um, wow, I did not our, know that. Bas- our basketball coordinator, Nick Sullivan, he asked a bunch of our like year 10 Institute guys, like, oh, are any of you interested in coaching? And me and a few others put our hands up and then I just, I just developed passion for it. And then the year after that, I got given the year nine, 18 for Westlake. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was just helping out wherever I could. I didn't really get the concepts of coaching, but I just developed the passion and energy on the sideline and just helping kids. And have that development side of it was really important to me. And I just mm. wanted to get more experience. So obviously you went to Westlake. Yeah. Uh, and you started, I did yeah. not know you started in year 10. I did not know that. So you were, you were part of the Sport Institute there, which is probably one of the most prestigious sports institute in New Zealand. Um, I remember doing yeah. my school interview there and they like, the first thing they asked me is what sports do I play? I was like, what the hell? Um, yeah. They're, so yeah, you, you started on um, oh, my bed, my bed. Yeah. The sport Institute, it's, it's pretty cool. Like we, the sport Institute is pretty much a class every, well, three classes a week of just pure, of pure sport that we love. And obviously my love was basketball. Mm. So we just, we just played basketball and we just tried to get as much playing time as we could really just in that space and just be more together mm. um speak on that because obviously at institute right now before all of this happened there were quite a few guys i know a couple people that were in, in my harbor team were doing some coaching so did they encourage you to do some form of coaching no they just it was kind of like it was really out the blue it was like at okay. the end of the year it was at the end of the year where our where my, our sports coordinator just asked us like oh are you guys interested in coaching i was like Mm. yeah and, and it was actually me and ryan who put our hands up and this other guy who did it and we just we just did it for fun really we just wanted to help help wherever we could and obviously i lived near the school so i was just like yeah it's easy for me okay so you started coaching in, in year 10 and sort of you just were coaching because you said oh it sounds interesting and and that's where your mm. passion started what made you want to continue in coaching because um, you have an interesting story i would if you feel comfortable sharing you could talk about sort of your experience and like the end of high school and, and what you did and, and the, the pathway you chose to go down. So if I'm honest, if I'm completely honest, like I did it in year 11 because I wanted to become a prefect when I was in year 13, but <laughs> that didn't work out. So, but 
either way, like I was in year 11 and I think year 11 was really the time where I developed a passion for it. And like, it kind of like, I liked the stress and the game like elements to it. Mm. Cause our, one of the teams, so we had the year nine red and green team and the year under 15 league. Yeah. And our red team actually went all the way to the final and we bit, we destroyed everyone in that North Harbor competition. And we, we were pretty comfortable with that. And then we went to greater Auckland and then we won that against St. Peter's and just the game and just how close it was just made me want to be better at it and just have a sort of get better and become, just help others get better. So in, in year 11, you were, were you head coaching that team? Yeah, yeah, I was your head coach. Wow, so you 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 head coach a team all the way to Greater Auckland in year eleven. Yeah, dang, that's t- I did not know that either. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, but that that team was I would say was pretty stacked. Like we yeah. had about we had about three under fifteen A guys, and we just we we were pretty comfortable in the North Shore League. Like it was mm. pretty pretty for us. But obviously Greater Auckland, we played. Um, St. Peter's, I think we played Mags as well. Where did you finish, by sure. the way? We, we, we won. We, oh, wow. We won Great what the fuck? Damn. Yeah, man. Did not know that either. That's crazy. So, yeah. I, it was like, I love, I liked that element. I liked the element mm. of coaching. So, And yeah, then that's... year 12, what did you do? What team did you take so, in year 12? I'll stay, like, I want to stay back to the year 11 part. Oh, my bad. Another. I have two two reasons why I coach. One, to yeah. for the development, but the second reason, I was actually playing for the Coast Under-17A team at the time. Okay. And I I was in the team with Ray Hanna, Jake Tafio, and Julio, and my dad was the manager of that team, and there was and Ray Hanna at the time lived in the state home. Yeah. And, and Northcote, and my dad always, we always try to pick him, up, pick him up for training or games, and I just, I just saw where he lived, and I just, I just wanted to help kids like him that had the passion, had the drive, and was really good. Mm. And obviously, he had a great support system with him. But kids that aren't so fortunate to have that, mm. that's kind of what made me want to do do coaching and help others that can't obviously help themselves. Mm. So, like, you start in so year that, 10 because kind of like, why not? And then year 11, you really develop yeah. that that reason and that why of why he wants to continue? Mm. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. and then obviously success is great as well so success is always fun and makes it quite easy yeah yeah and Westlake's known for that so it was pretty it was pretty cool for the most part and then yeah it was pretty nice and then when, when we got to when I got to year 12 I obviously I got given the year 9 team again and we we bet the North Harbour competition and then we went to Greater Auckland and we split up the two teams it was two even Westlake teams and both Westlake teams actually made the Great Auckland. So two Westlake teams from North Shore. So you guys took Great both Auckland. one and two spots. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We took we took one and two. Yeah. And then when we went to Great Auckland, obviously our team wasn't stacked. Mm. So one team wasn't strong. So we obviously didn't make the semis because we played Ags, Mags, and Mount, and I think it was Mount Roscoe who had Livick at the time. Okay. He was, he was about... He was six nine. That's so ridiculous. He was huge. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he was, and obviously, I think, I think well, Mount Roscoe won that. I think they did. And, and then, after that, after that tournament happened, I took the junior prince in yep. year twelve. Yep. So they gave me the junior prince team, and then we ended up coming seventh. 
I think, yeah, we did come seventh at the time. And yeah, it was, and then being, being in an environment where it's junior prams and being amongst all these top coaches who are at the top level of what they do. Mm. And it's like, I'm here. Like mm. I'm what, like 16. I don't care about how old I am. I yeah. was 16 at the time. It yeah. was like, I'm 16. I'm, I'm coaching against guys who are about 30, 40. And it was just like mind blowing to me. And I just mm. wanted to get, I just wanted to get better. Mm. I just wanted to develop sort of thing. Uh, and then moving on, so obviously that, that sounds like a lot of early success. I didn't realize that you, you A, won Greater Auckland when you were in year 11. That's crazy uh, as a coach. Mm. That's really cool. And that's a cool experience nonetheless. Like I was fortunate last year to win with 17s as an, as an assistant, and that was cool. So I imagine as a head coach, it must have felt like a thousand times better. Um, oh, it was, it, was, it was an amazing feeling. I still, especially, have that, yeah. I still have that medal. Especially as a year yeah. 11 as well, like coaching against guys who are either paid to do that full-time, New Zealand level, like the people that these tournaments are not like dads, right? You might get the dads when you're coaching in year 10 doing primary school, right? Or the, or the mums or the, mm. or the yeah. parents, I should say. Um, but these are mm. legit people. Um, so I guess the next thing for you, if, if, if that's year 12, in year 13, what did you do differently from most year 13s at Westlake? Because you did something that was very different to, to what most people would do. Yeah, so Zach Fitzgerald was the senior prams coach at the time, and this was probably one of the toughest decisions for me because I love playing, and I was still playing in year 12, and yep. Zach asked me if I wanted to not play for the senior prams, but I and and be his assistant for year 13 and not play at all. And I it took me about two weeks to make the decision because I obviously wanted to play in front of my friends and my family who were watching, but... Mm. Then again, I thought potential in coaching, it could get me networking, it could get me in that experience, in that environment where I'm at a high level to what others are doing. Mm. So I made the decision to be his assistant and learn from him and learn the concepts that he had because previously, Westlake is known for their triangle offense and very scripted work. And I didn't really learn offensive concepts and and defensive concepts, if that makes sense. I was just really being scripted and just being, okay, we're just going pick and roll, mm. no read and react. And it was really scripted. It wasn't anything special. So I got the, and I got the chance to learn from Zach. And I always say to myself, any opportunity to arise, you need to take that and take it and just go with it. Mm. And do you feel so, like that instead of playing, do you feel like, cause I had an interesting discussion um, on Monday night. Um, about sort of playing and, and pretty much like whether you continue playing and coaching at the same time or you fully commit to the other one and sort of the positives and the negatives of of doing that of where it's like both you and I like we don't play at all like you, you know we muck around with basketball we might go to the like we you know work out and, and whatnot but we don't play in a team officially or formally and we're essentially all in on on coaching um, would you agree with that mm. with you that you're all in on coaching yeah yeah i was making making sure making sure don't want to put like (laughs) put words in your mouth (laughs) no i obviously like i play with my friends who are also at the top level like tame wadi he's at the top of what he does ryan's at aut and he's in the unit and he's at the top university team same with jack burden and just playing with all premier guys and i'm just playing with them for fun it's not like you're like i'm never touching a ball again no no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what we're saying. But no. um, but my my full passion and my full commitment is to coaching, and yeah, and I always tell everyone like if I've got something the next morning in coaching, I'm not doing anything the previous night. Yeah. So, like I don't, 
Yeah, so your, I just don't do shit. your coaching story starts in year 10. You're sort of just coaching like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? It's something to do. Add it to my little mm. CV to make prefix, you know. Uh, and then year 11, you, yeah. you win Greater Auckland with an under-15 team. Year 12, you yeah. same similar thing, go to Greater Auckland, you take junior prams. And then year 13, you're assistant coach of Westlake Senior Prem. Where did they finish that year, by the way? I forgot. Uh, we finished fifth in the senior prams, and then I didn't, for political, polit, politics, I didn't go down to the nationals, which sucked, but mm. it, it, didn't, it didn't happen. Me, my mum, and my dad all sat down, and we just had a big discussion about what my future would be. And we, my family's futuristic thinkers, and we, mm. don't, we, we don't want to leave anything last minute. So I made a decision in year 12, like, look, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do senior prams assistant for a year. And then when, once I leave high school, I'm going to study sport and recreation at AUT. Yep. And that was an easy decision for me because I, I love being in the sport industry. I love helping people and that's a passion for me. So it was an easy decision. Mm. And it was down the road. I didn't move away from family or anything. So it was pretty easy for me. So mm. yeah, I studied sport, sport and rec- recreation at AUT and, and I'm doing a major in coaching. Right. So speak on why did you do that versus something else because you might have gone and gotten like a, a regular job like a i mean i don't know how to also say that like a day job and then done coaching in the evening or like why go and study coaching at university and go all in versus kind of like you know doing what a lot of people do i'm going to get a day job and i'll do my passion in the evening because that's safe i guess or what, what's your motivation for that because i think that's interesting especially like for a lot of people who are on the fence about going all in I feel so, like you've gone like you're all in. There's no no plan B. <laughs> nah. So I so obviously my end goal was to obviously be in whatever community I'm in, be at the top level of what I do. That's yeah. That's that's my passion and having that degree behind me, having that either coach developer degree, be a performance analysis, like that's mm. what they break into and I really I'm intrigued in both of them and I do coach development for North Harbour basketball and during this isolation period I've just been w- really working my data analysis and yep. how that can transfer to my coaching and how that can transfer to my learning really mm. so that's that's a main goal for me is to obviously be the top of what I do at whatever community I'm in whether that's overseas anywhere in New Zealand yeah yeah that's so speak on what have you like? What have you gotten out of doing sport and recreation? Because I've been through the program. I'm I'm nearly finished. Um, mm. But what what have you personally gotten out of it? Because I know again, a lot of people they, they get out of high school. There's probably a lot of year thirteens right now, very uncertain about sort of the, the path they can take. Um, and I think one thing that is really cool at the moment, guys like Chris Brickley spent a lot of time talking about like everyone can have a future in basketball, but it might not look like what you think it is. It might be coaching. It might be teaching it might be you know video analysis like you're talking about so what have you gotten out of the sport and rec course so far being that you're in your second year so i so obviously the first year is compulsory papers and just touching on every single major and not not going into one direction really Mm. and the first year so first year i was just getting a taste of everything and i really and i really succeeded in sport and exercise science and i and that and i hate biology like i don't I don't like mm. that sort of stuff, mm. but mm. the coaching side of it, like I really, it was, it's mainly like a tr- training really. And just the mindset behind athletes really interests me. So mm. it, 
So this year, obviously, it's more direction to what I want to do. So coaching's part of it. And the sports psychology, obviously, I'm in my first semester. And the sports psychology paper is really interesting. Like, just how athletes think, how they learn. Mm. And obviously, skill versus play. And you can learn skills in play. And teaching decision-making while playing, it's multiple mm. variations that I didn't know in high school, which I wanted, which I wanted to know now. So. Mm. Yeah. So yeah the I cool did. thing is, because you haven't done the video analysis paper yet, have you? That was next, no, next semester, right? No, I haven't. I haven't done anything yet. Um, that's one that's really cool thing about the program, though, is, is first year is very broad. You do everything. If you don't want to do outdoor education, too bad. Um, you got to learn into that. But I guess the key, the first thing I want, like, we all need to understand is there's so many different majors, right? There's coaching, exercise science, management, health and PE. That's if you want to be a PE teacher, uh, nutrition outdoor ed and there's a standard management. pathway management, um, management sure. yeah um the cool thing is like i speak to a lot of people in the industry who have random jobs sport coordinator coach developer and some of them done like most of them come from the the paper and i think the cool thing is like as you start to niche down like i there's a sport uh, analysis class we learn about how to use sports code um, you get people from, I forget his name, I think his name is Sam. He's the video analysis that the Warriors came to. Quite a few of our classes, the Vodafone Warriors and the Golden State Warriors. I have to tell people that. Um, make sure they don't don't get the hypes up or the hopes up. Um, so it's a really cool course, I think, for people. And if you are interested in sport, um, even if you go and take the standard pathway, um, the opportunities come out of that and the people that you meet is insane. Like you've got guys like Simon Walters, who's world leading in, in coaching and, and teaching and understanding like what you're talking about, skill versus play and, and all of that. So you learn from a lot of people and you meet a lot of cool people. A lot of people yeah. that you like, right now I'm doing a coaching course and one guy in my class is the community coach advisor for Auckland. So he's leading my course <laughs> outside of that's university cool. and I was sitting with him in class. So it's cool, like stuff mm -hmm. like that happens. So I think that's, I think that's really cool that you can get out of that course. So coming back to it, you started coaching in year 10 and you're still coaching now through uni, you're in your second year. So what, what have you done from after year 13. So in the first two years of uni, what kind of coaching have you been doing? So I thankfully got picked up by North Harbour Basel as soon as I left, as soon as I left Westlake and Vince took me under his wing. And the first team I took was an under 14, 18. And just mm -hmm. what, there was no real expectation for me. It was just mainly my development. And, my, and the kids, the kids I had in that year were great. They were amazing, amazing bunch of kids that just wanted to learn and play. Mm. So while they were learning, I was learning. And especially having Vince, having Josh Davis along there, just guiding me through the way was really, really key for my development. Mm. Obviously, if I went in there with no mentor, with no one behind me, I, I think I would, I don't think I'll be coaching right mm. now. I don't think I would at all. Mm. So, and that's in that first half of the season, I was with the under 14, 18, just learning concepts and learning actually how to coach basketball rather than scripted mm. basketball mm. and then i then up in the year under 13 under 13 came by and i took a div one team and my team was full of young guys who were born in the later half of the year so they haven't grown compared to the other guys mm. and again I, it was it was draft based and a lot of coaches were like why do you drop this kid it was like the kid's great he wants to <laughs> learn like and i'm all about I'm all about development and I'm all about, does this kid want to actually play long term? Mm. Versus, mm. okay, I, I'm just playing right now just for the fun of it. Whereas this kid has a passion and a love for it. 
Mm. That, that what that's what I love about coaching, and it makes mm. it easier for the coach. Just so. to just to be clear, so reps works in that the under 13s is from August is when it starts. Yeah, um, end of July August. to yeah. end of November. Right, well, November, I think. I think. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. And then the under 15s or yeah, under 15s and above is from essentially February to June, June, July. Um, Just to explain that. So you start coaching at Harbour. Um, Mm. Obviously, the the key thing I want to talk about is is really your experience as a young coach, because I know there are are quite a few positives to being a young coach, but there are quite a few negatives. Um, yeah. So, like right away, if you had to describe your experience just in the last two years of, of being out of university, because that's to be honest, like when most people are going to get into coaching, and, and most people that mm-hmm. I've spoken to on the sport and rec course, they start coaching at first year of uni. Um, so, mm-hmm. how do you feel your your experience as a young coach has been in those last two years? Obviously, working with Harbour and and whatnot. How how do you feel you have been treated as a young coach, and how do you feel um, your experience has gone, and and what do you think sort of the positives and negatives are? of being a, a young coach? I think there's obviously a lot of positives and I feel like I'm a very extrovert guy when I'm coaching. I'm always talking to the kids, just wanting to understand mm. who they are. And just when you're younger, especially as a coach, kids want to actually talk to you more and they talk to you about anything and they just, yeah. they, <laughs> they won't stop. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I think the relationship between player and coach is really important. Not important. It's important for me as a coach, so it's easier for me to teach. But also, mm. I think coaching goes bigger than sport. You might mm. be with them for six months, and some coaches say bye, but I don't believe in that. Like, I, if I see you down the road in, like, two years, hey, I want to say hi. Like, I want to mm. catch up with you. Mm. That's, how, that's how I feel about coaching. And obviously, positives, I've experienced Melbourne. I've experienced a Nationals in 2019 at under-15 level. And... Yeah, I just it's just a lot of good experience, and I'm very grateful for the people I'm, I'm around with. Obviously, you can speak on this too. Vince is one of the best, I would say, coach developers in North Harbour and in Auckland in general, mm-hmm. and he's really helped me develop and made it and made kept me accountable for what I do. How do you think? Because I think the cool thing at Harbour is that there are a lot, a lot of great people at that organization, and it's probably one of the better, if not definitely top two in New Zealand in terms of associations. Um, mm. I think North Harbour and Canterbury are definitely the top two. Um, yeah. But speak on, what do you think makes, like, because obviously you speak a lot on, on having mentors and, and whatnot. Like, you, you, who, would you, who would you say your first, like, real coaching mentor was? Um, I've got, <laughs> I broke it down into two. So Zach, Zach was obviously there first for me and he gave me as many opportunities and whatever opportunity he gave me, I just took it. And I just yeah. went with it. But Vince really taught me how to coach. And he taught me different ways. And I always say this when I go, Westlake developed my passion and Harbour have developed my technical side of things and my basketball understanding. Okay. I see. That's, I what see. I always, that's what I always say about pe- two people. is like, Westlake developed my passion mm. and Harbour developed my technical understanding of the game. And I'm still learning. Like, I'm not perfect. Mm. I know I'm not perfect. Mm. So, yeah. Well, for starters, who who is Vince to you? What what is he to you? Who is he to you? So I I view Vince as like <laughs> an older brother to me who I can just go to for information and he'll just give it back to me. And Vince, so mm. it's Vince Manjaras and he he's a basketball 
coach and player developer at North Harbour Basketball. And he's, he's really big on community connect, connectiveness. And he really wants coaches to talk. He wants players to talk. And he wants he doesn't view, okay, this kid is in under-15A. He's going to stay there the whole time. He's all about development. And he wants the kids to know that we are there for them. And he wants the best coaching for them. So his role and what he's really done and really well is obviously got me into coach developing and developing younger yep. coaches, but yep. also he's developing other older coaches like let's oh Norm Norm Josh Davis Matt Lacey even goes to him for advice and just always being that guy that someone can go to and he'll give information to you. Mm. So that's that's who he is, but what he does really well for me is keep me accountable to what I do. And I know, and my, how I learn is obviously through conversations with people and experiences and my fuck ups. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And, and I learned the most of my fuck ups because I can reflect on that. I know that, okay, I did this in this situation. What could I have done differently? What could I have mm. changed in that scenario? And he's really good at telling me what I did wrong. And he'll be and he was there for my whole year, my first year for North Harbour Basketball. And, and he told me what I was doing wrong and what I could have changed. I guess the question is, what do you think the biggest thing a, a mentor helps you with? And the follow-up question to that would be like, why does everybody need a mentor? So I've spoken this as well. It's like, okay, a mentor is someone that you can obviously go to for advice and mm -hmm. someone that understands what you're good at, what your flaws are, and can sit there with you and just reflect on them. Mm. And really big for my first year. Why? Because it's like, okay, I'm coming out of Westlake being like, okay, I've won everything. I've won three North, North Shore titles for under-15s. I've been at a junior prems level. I've been for assistant prems for assistant senior prems and I'm kind of going into there like oh yeah I know my shit and then he kind of brought me down to reality like look Westlake is very scripted mm. and you understand what proper basketball is and he kind of just sat me down he sat me down and even just with over a coffee and just went over okay this is what real basketball looks like yeah and it looks beautiful but what happens in the game does not happen at training training you see a lot of fuck ups like mm. nothing perfect and i say learning is ugly like learning should mm. be ugly mm. um that's good and it's good like i think having someone around regardless if it's like even if it's someone who is a friend who's into the game a little bit that you can even just bounce ideas off of sometimes i find if you reflect by yourself you start overthinking uh, you sometimes come to the wrong conclusions you get frustrated i mean i don't know how you feel about that um, but oftentimes, it's the, the, one of the best parts about having someone there for you as a mentor or even if it's just one of your friends, being able to bounce ideas off of and actually voice things. Mm. It's almost like by talking it out, even if you just write it out, I think sometimes um, being able to get out of your head as well, like actually verbalizing it or, or writing it down is really useful. Um, yeah. So you started, obviously, again, you started coaching year 10 and you, you sound like you've had a very positive experience thus far in terms of traditional success and that you've won a lot and and what i guess we'd call modern success and that you've learned a lot and you're getting better all the time mm. um would you agree with that yeah but i just i'm not putting words in your mouth <laughs> obviously like nothing is perfect and i've and for me 
end of last year really challenged my passion for coaching. Mm. I would say, obviously, I found my passion when I was very young, and I kind of felt like I was burnt. I was burning out, and mm. I sat down by myself, and I, I kind of just. And this happened in the Melbourne Under 16 a trial, the first trial that we had, and I was meant to run that trial, and I ran it, but I just. You have moments when you freeze, and I just mm. really, and that trial just, I shit the bed, really. And I really, and Vince was there, so he was he was able to maintain the trial and what we're wanting to see. So he was there monitoring it, and I just froze. Mm. And, the, and that was probably the biggest, biggest challenge to me was, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm, and and I'm in the moment, like I just froze. And then Vince, mm. then after that trial, Vince Vince saw that okay, you you clearly have froze and you've done something wrong. And he came up to me, what do you what happened? Yeah, like I just just I've never felt this kind of like I just felt very introvert, and that's really opposite to what I am in coaching on the sideline. I'm very extrovert, very loud. Yeah, <laughs> but I just did it and just my passion for coaching just really stopped for like a month i just okay and it's, i've never really go in depth on what actually happened but i mm. doubted what i was doing i didn't have a passion i didn't just have that drive again and it was really mm. that whole summer was really tough for me and i just didn't know if i was doing the right thing if i know that coaching was the thing for me but obviously mm. that's out the way and i fully engaged in it but yeah just that whole moment and then that all slipped away when i was in melbourne and i was like holy shit i'm in australia for yeah, coaching. coaching yeah and i was there with like with top level people like, i was there with jody cameron mm. matt lacy and andrew Harris. every coach in australia as well <laughs> they're all and like every, insane. and every, and these insane clubs in Austra- mm. melbourne just if anyone has pl- like played in Melbourne before, that place is insane. They have facilities like no- nothing else in New Zealand. Like they, mm. they live and breathe it. And my, the experience that I got out of Australia, just really was, just how hard they want to play. And mm. I was like, I want, and th- I'm, this is going off topic, but it's just really like, seeing how they play how hard they want to win, what they're willing to do to win. And the style of play that they play is beautiful. Like they don't rush. Mm. They are mm. very chill. They are waiting for the best shot possible. And, they, and we only, I don't think in two games, we didn't have a shot clock, but even when there was, they literally waited till the last four seconds to take a shot. Whereas mm. you over yeah, here, it's four. like, I'm going to yeah. chuck up any shot I see. Yeah. But, in yeah. New Zealand basketball, we think five seconds is one second. And we're like, oh, shit, three-point timer. Yeah, yeah. But that's but... interesting that you say that about that sort of month of, of being lost because I, ha- I had that same same issue, and it's interesting to hear you. I've never heard you speak about that before. Um, mm. And that, like, you know, there was, again, this, with sport and with everything in life, that's what I learned. Probably my biggest takeaway from, from the university years is that there's politics in, like, literally everything. Um, but there was a good, like, I remember being at a New Zealand, the under-14 New Zealand camp, but I just didn't want to be there. Like, I'm, like... I was just I was same thing. I was like, why am I coaching? 
you know, some things had gone on. I was like, do I really have a future in this? Is this really something I want to do? And I was like that for a whole year. Like I was sitting through the whole second year of university, really just like, oh, like, so it's interesting. I think that's, I think it's interesting to hear you talk about that and hear another, some, someone else who is a young coach had had the same issue because you start, you start doubting yourself. And I think, do you think that doubt came from the fact that you were young and, and or do you think it was, why do you, do you, have you ever actually explored why that happened? Or you just kind of like, oh, it happened and move on. I'm in Melbourne now. I, I would say, because at the time I was 19 and, those kids were 15, so obviously the age gap is four years. Mm, that's not a like, lot, do yeah. Kids, do these kids really want to listen to a 19-year-old over in Australia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. But I, I kind of went through that whole month, and I did, I did some shit that I don't want to do again from November to December and January, and I was like, I was just being chill and just not coaching. Mm. But... I reflect on that and then I hate I hate the label of a young coach and I feel like that is just an excuse for you to not be better if that makes mm. sense and hide behind it almost yeah hide behind it so oh, I'm young like and yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to learn at this point mm. and I feel like my mentors and I've got a few and I was chatting with one of them Matt Lacey and I I was, this is in isolation and he, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I'll get this team that I want next year. And he was like, well, prove them that you want that team. Prove them mm. that you are better than everyone else at that spot. And you, you are going to get it. Make sure that no one else is better than you. Mm. I was like, shit. Okay. <laughs> yep. I, I'm going to work my ass off in this isolation period to get the team that I want. And mm. just ha having that hung, being hungry to get better and, yeah, I just feel like you just always look to improve your craft rather than just chill and just rely on that label of being a young coach. Mm, and I think that's a really good point in that sometimes we do, just in life in general, we hide behind labels of, you know, I'm young, I can do this. Or, you know, my life, my time has passed, I can't do this anymore. I'm too old or I'm too young. And, and we tend to make yeah. those excuses and hide behind things that we, we can't control. And it's mm. cool to hear that um like i think yeah that's the good part about having a mentor when you are because the, the honest truth is we are both two young coaches that's the truth um mm. i don't think you definitely don't hide behind it um no. but it's important to have those mentors and i think that's that's cool you get those points you get those perspectives with someone who's who's had the experience um mm. and i think the cool thing is with, with harbor at least is that what that whole div one lineup is in their 20s i don't know Good if anyone point. is outside of their 20s Oh, um, right got, from Andrew's 26. Yeah, Josh, 20s. Is, Josh is in his late 20s. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so it's like yeah, technically all, you have a whole bunch of young coaches because if we talk about um, coaching, most people, when we, when we think about experience, we think about someone, you know, they finish their playing career, finish, if you think about a general regular playing career, 30s, mid 30s, sort of that's when you get into it. Um, but that's really, I think, that's one thing that's interesting about Harbour and I think it's interesting about the way the game is going is that um, clubs and associations are hiring the best coach yeah. not the the guy who looks or should be the best coach but they're just hiring the best coach or the best person for the role regardless of, of gender regardless of age regardless of, of what and, any, and it's just who's the best coach so I think that's that's a good point for people to think about is that especially now in 2020 it's they're hiring the best we, we want results right we don't want the guy who we think is going to get results we want the guy who's going to get results 
Yeah. I mean, that's exactly. a good point that you bring up and that you've brought up from hearing from a mentor. Um, so that's really cool. Um, the next question I want to talk about is we'll finally talk about uh, Corona time. Um, obviously, during this time, it's, it's not the easiest, but what have you been, for starters, what were you doing before this? So what were you doing in terms of coaching and, and life in the first from January to March, the first three months of the year? What, what were you getting up to? So I obviously was, my main priorities were university and my team that I coached was the 17B team Yeah. for North Harbour Basel. And those were my main two priorities at the time. Yeah. And my goal for that Harbour 17B team was to make nationals. And hopefully that still happens, but I'm still optimistic to what happens. Mm. Especially during this really unprecedented um, time that we don't know what's going to go on. Um, no. But my whole schedule throughout the week, I didn't have any breaks. So this yep. is kind of, so this is kind of like a good relaxing period and just get my energy back. Mm. But usually for university, I was studying in the library for about three to four hours a day, making sure that I, I was ahead of what I was doing. And cause I, I'm not the most naturally smart kid ever. I really learned how I learned, which is really weird saying this, but everyone, everyone has different types of learning. Yeah. Of and, course my learning was obviously putting the effort and you'll get the results that you deserve. Whereas going back to what my parents believe, don't leave the last minute because you're just going to fuck up and you're just not <laughs> yeah. going to get the best results. So yeah. I just really was trying to get ahead of my assessments and yeah, that's mainly what I was doing and obviously having mm. a part-time job. at the, So I was doing three things at once. And then working for North Harbour as a coach developer and helping out the community wherever I can, being a 15 Div 2 coach developer and helping the coaches get better, making sure they're doing a good job, which they will, which they were, mm. and, they're, and they're developing, which is an important thing. And just helping the kids get better. And that's mm. the main goal, really. And then so I imagine you're probably exactly the same as me is that one day I was working, it was literally a normal day, and then the next day I was doing nothing and it was basically just lockdown. Um, so what have you been doing in the last four weeks? Like, just what have you been getting up to? What's life been like in lockdown? Um, so the, fir the first week for me, I, that week was just a major reflection week for me. Yeah. Um, I reflected on my coaching, my flaws, my positives. And then obviously university, I was stressing out because assessments were met, were delayed. But some on Blackboard, some were saying, oh, it's submitted on the 26th of March. And that was during the lockdown yeah. period. I was like, what, what the hell's going on? So I was kind yeah. of stressing out about that. And that was stressful. Yep. So, the, so the first week I was just reflecting on my coaching, what I need to do differently and what I need to learn. And obviously that learning was defense and my defensive philosophy and revisiting that and changing that. So obviously I talked to my mentors about, about that and my performance analysis really keying on, keying on the data and the film and how that, how that links together and what that shows. And it showed me a lot and just mm. sitting down for about two hours a week, just looking at film and looking at data and what I need to do differently. And I learned a lot through that. Then then, then I just got, then my, then my part-time job became essential in the second week. So I just started working four times a week, eight hours or 32, 32 hours in the week, just getting out the house really. 
Mm. And not spending your money and saving it all. So that's actually yes, exactly. not bad. <laughs> exactly. Um, so really, you've used this time to spend more time doing the the off-court, but like on-court stuff in that, um, like forming a philosophy, changing it, like or form, change, well, sorry, not forming, changing your defense philosophy. What, what do you think the biggest thing you've changed for that from what it was before? What do you think Just, the biggest thing you've changed about your philosophy on defense? I don't want to go too in-depth on it because I wrote literally... No, of like, course. Like a four-page like four essay on it. But um, I just... Making sure the ground, ground layers are linked to the top layers, if that makes sense. So, mm. okay, my ground-based layer is toughness. Does that link with er- what everything does? So, obviously, on-ball yeah. defense, are you, be- are you going at your... On your offensive player, making sure he's not chilling and just working and off mm. are you being tough are you are you finishing the position with the defensive rebound are you making mm. sure they're not getting that and are you being physically active so mm. in that sense and then i have i need to revisit my offensive philosophy still but mainly it was defense yeah. defense was a big big thing that i needed to change and i needed to get back into mm. and then other than just essential work and doing basketball stuff, just kind of using the time to relax. Because again, I think for, for a lot of people, it's like getting what essentially will be seven weeks off without really having much work on is unprecedented. I don't remember the last time I had this much of my time off. Yeah. Um, so just using the time to relax is, is important as well. Um, I'll, two I'll more questions on my bit. And obviously keeping active at the time and being outdoors and yeah. working on my body as well. So that's, that's why I've been doing in isolation at the time. Have you had opportunity to play any basketball or have they like, just like my area, just removed all the rooms and just gone like, nah. Uh, Carmel Carmel, um, College had like their little hoop up and I was just, I went down then the first week and then I was just kind of like, oh, I can't be bothered anymore. Fair enough, fair enough. Take the time out of it. Yeah. Uh, Two more questions. The first first one is, is, what do you think for you is the most important aspect for someone to hold that makes them a great coach, teacher, teacher or mentor? What do you think is the most important aspect of somebody who is a great teacher, I guess is probably the blanket term. Just be kind and make sure that you understand where they're coming from and understanding mm, different so empathy. So just, yep. so I mean, for me, I always, I learn through conversations and I don't, and the one thing I really held in my year, in my high school years and outside of high school is making sure that people who know me know that I'm a nice guy and that they can come up to whenever they want to and I'll have a good chat. Yeah. That's that's for me personally off the court, that's what I want to be known for. Is like am I a nice guy? And mm. people know me for that. So I guess that's that's the thing that I really preach on and linking that back to teaching and coaching is like if the kid knows that you your intentions are proper and you're wanting to make them get better and you're nice about it and you're a dick about it, they mm. will, for one, ask questions. And questions, I think, are one of the biggest learnings for a young kid and they will learn through conversations. And they're not shy to make mistakes in training. Mm. Like learning is supposed to be ugly so that they know what, okay, that should not happen again in, mm. that, in that instance. And I think my best mm. my best trainings that I took this year were literally on the small things like our reversal pass was shit, and I was like, defense, make it tough for them to make that reversal pass. And yeah, after that training, there were no. Especially we played Auckland Prems, and we struggled just to reverse the ball. So mm. I, sorry, sorry, Wabi Prems, and we struggled just to get the pass going. I was like, 
we need to focus on our passing and that reversal pass is really key to it. Mm. So that was... So I think to sum that up, basically, like you say kind and thing. To me, that, that just sums up as, as empathy. Yeah, yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. Just so I'm not putting words in your mouth? No. Um, yeah, I agree with that. I think being empathetic and just have an understanding of, like you said, where people are coming from, what's going on in their life. And I think that relates back to the ultimate reason that you started coaching, mm. right? Wanting to help people and, and wanting to, to, to be able to support kids who maybe don't have the exact same opportunities as everybody else. Yeah. Um, especially living in, in, in North Harbour, a lot of people who are very wealthy, um, but at the same time, a lot of people who, who struggle. And I think, I think for a lot of people, it'd be interesting as, as I do more of these and have more of these conversations. I, I think I, I need to do this more in real life that aren't necessarily recorded because I didn't know you started coaching year 10. I think that's a cool thing I've learned, especially over this time. I've learned a lot more about people that I didn't, I talk to like all the time. Mm. Like I see you probably every second day. Um, even some of the guys that I train that I see almost every day. And it's like, I've learned a whole lot of about things, learned a whole lot about people and, and, and their lives. So that's really cool. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they start coaching and teaching for that exact same reason. They just want to support. They want to help somebody. They want to help, you know, whether it's kids or other adults or, mm. or whatever it might be. Um, but no, I didn't, and I didn't know that you started coaching at 10. And I think your coaching journey is very, very different in that a lot of people, like I said, would start, first year of university or after a playing career but you know you essentially in your second year of coaching are winning greater auckland and there's what four age groups in greater auckland or is it five i, I think it's five that. right so one of one of five championships is up for grabs that's crazy mm. um my last question for you is who inspires you who is your ultimate inspiration in life oh my i would say it's, that's a tough question i saw that i think if you have to pick two pick two <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I would say my parents are my biggest inspiration because they, they both did not, they both were not from the North Island. They were both from the South Island and they pretty much grew up from farmland and now they're up in Auckland and they're, and my dad sustained a, his own business for 10 years and my mom literally started from doing checkouts to now being in this, in this isolation, having to help people and make sure that everyone's getting paid because that's, that's mm. her role. For, mm. for where she works at. So I feel like they make, they made me kind of who I am by working hard, asking questions, making sure that you aren't half-assing shit. And mm. yeah, I feel like my parents are my biggest inspiration for me. And a lot of people will say like, we'll say professional athletes and whatnot, but obviously coaching, like I don't, I don't say people are my role model when I haven't talked to them in person. Mm. But yeah, I think... For my parents are probably my biggest inspiration for just being constantly hardworking and making sure being kind to everyone because you don't know what people are battling through. Mm. So, mm. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Um, I appreciate that. Do you have anything you would like to finish on? Just be kind, people. Any just wise be, words? Be kind. Be, be kind, honestly. And when your passion will get tested, don't. And just never turn your head on it. Just always think, okay, this plan... I'm focusing my energy on plan B. If you start focusing on your plan B, you're going to go more towards your plan B. Stay on yeah. course for plan A and you will get there. Whatever journey you take, you will get there. Hmm. So hmm. that's my biggest. I like that. That's a really good point. That's a really good point in that. If you have a B, you spend time thinking about B and that's taking away from A. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate your time. It was actually good. I liked, I did not know that you started in year 10 and it's cool to have these kind of conversations and so. 
um, be able to share it as well as, as, as cool and mm. something to keep keep us both entertained for, for an hour during lockdown. Oh, God, so yeah. That isn't video games. <laughs> After this, I'm just um, going gonna, gonna to rest, man. I've been up since five. Far up. Mm, fair enough. Get some fucking rest. That's tough. Anyway, I appreciate that. All good. Um, I'll make an outro after this. Thank you for taking time to listen to this episode of the Get Better Basketball Podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Kane's journey as a basketball coach, his positives and negatives of being a young coach, understanding his why and how he develops his passion for the game, and Kane's thoughts on having a mentor and the importance of having someone to hold you accountable. Uh, If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Uh, Give us a follow on Spotify or Apple Music. Uh, And thank you. Really appreciate your time. Have a good day.